When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Gavin Berry and once again I'm delighted to say I'm joined by the Daily Records and the Newport and Sunday Mail Chief Football Writer Scott McDermott. We're here to pick over the bones of what was embarrassing, humiliating and a club record equaling defeat. Rangers 7-1 Champions League hammering at the hands of Liverpool which leaves Giovanni Van Bronckhorst under real pressure and his team without a single point in Group A, after four games with two to play and heading to Motherwell on Sunday for a game that takes on extra significance in the league. Good morning, guys. How are you? Very well, Gav. You? Good. Andy, for 45 minutes, well, even 55 minutes, it was going fairly well. After that, the roof just caved in. How Giovanni Van Bronckhorst said immediately after the game, he was he couldn't process it. He was still trying to process it. You've had all night. What can you? How can you explain what happened? Uh, it's hard. It's difficult. Um, if, as you say, if Giovanni Van Bronckhorst can't get his head around it, um, not sure many of the rest of us can. But just from the you know a very superficial level, it just looks like the players chopped it. I mean, there's no other way you can you can sum it up. I mean, obviously, Liverpool are bringing on for these last stages superstars. You know, I think yeah, I wrote my piece for today's paper that Giovan Bronckhorst would have been delighted to see that <coughs> they didn't, we weren't facing the same, you know, quartet that uh, Jurgen Klopp uh, started at Anfield last week. Um, but we've got guys like Bobby Firmino to come into your team and then you're, you're able to bring on Mo Salas and Diego Jotas for the last half an hour, then, you know, <clears throat> that's the scale of the, the task you're facing. But there's no way Rangers should have capitulated like they did, especially given the way that, as you say, for 55 minutes, they really, you know, they, they went toe-to-toe with Liverpool. You know, Arfield has a great chance just before half-time to, to put them back in front and... That's a bit of a sliding doors moment. You wonder what might have happened had uh, had that gone in. But it just seemed as soon as uh, Liverpool took the lead again and the third went in pretty soon after that, Rangers' heads just went. The, 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 the concentration levels evaporated. Obviously, it's, it's it's hard when you're you're losing guys like Conor Goldson and Ryan Jack out of the team. You're having to bring on an 18, 19-year-old and Leon King. Stephen Davis, 37-year-old, having to come on and, and try and run, keep up with it, with these guys that are absolute superstars, but um, tough, but there's just no way that Rangers should have been carved open the way they are. I mean, it really was a, a humiliating, mortifying defeat, and um, I, I think this could be a result that has consequences. Um, maybe not now, but this might be the beginning of the end for certain people at the club, because... 
you just struggle to see how Rangers can come back from a result that is as damaging uh, to, to morale as, 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 as last night was. Scott, Andy rhymed off the names there, Nunes and, you know, what was it, 85 million or whatever. You forget all the figures, there's, I mean, there's so many, but, you know, the Liverpool squad's what, around 200 million, Rangers squad is 14 million. Is it, is it the case that these results can happen? I mean, we see them in the Champions League, pot four teams against pot one, or 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 is or can it is it not allowed? Is it unacceptable? Or well, it's unacceptable to capitulate the way they did. You no, know, mm. crumbled. Whatever word you want to use, Andy said it there. You no, know, the mentally Rangers, you no, know, just deteriorated in the, in the second half, and that is unforgiving, unforgivable for professional footballers at whatever level I mean when you're going through an experience like that you, know, you need guys to stand up take responsibility even if that means that you're just pulling guys in beside you to, to shut up shop at 4-1 or whatever it is and you just you take your medicine but I mean it, I mean, if the game had lasted an hour 10 minutes it could have been it could have been anything you no know, 9-10 whatever you want I mean every time Liverpool came forward in those latter stages they looked like they looked like scoring so that side of it is unforgivable, but you touched on it. I mean, that the money. I mean, I know we always talk about you no know, the gap and you no know, the the financial disparity between you no know, our best Scottish clubs and the real big boys. Um, you no, know, with the mega money, and you know, we talk about it. But last night really, really hit at home for me. Even, and I'm talking even. The difference between a team like Liverpool and the teams that Rangers faced last season in the Europa League, mm-hmm. it's I think the difference is massive. You no, know, between that Europa League stage and then going up to the Champions League, and I mean going up to the Champions League and getting one of the, the proper big yeah. boys. Um, but in saying that, you then try and look. It's difficult to understand. You know the gap's big, but. No, is it made increasingly big by the fact that Rangers aren't quite at it? Because I don't think at any point this season, no, domestically or in Europe, Rangers have hit the heights that we that we saw for them last last season, particularly in that Europa League run. I don't think mm-hmm. they're playing with as much intensity, as much desire, as much hunger, uh, as much quality. Um, yeah. So it's difficult to kind of find that balance. But there's no doubt the gap is is absolutely massive and. I touched on it, Gav, just before we came on, came on air. I, I think, I actually don't think Rangers were playing that well in the first half last night. People might find that hard to believe. And that's no hindsight. I was texting a couple of pals at half time and who were you know, delirious at the fact that it was, we, were, we were well in the game and it was one each. But I thought Rangers' passing was poor last night, even in the, even in the first half. I know they did well to contain Liverpool and scored a brilliant goal. The goal they concede is terrible. I mean, the first goal's atrocious defending. I thought James Tavernier, who we've praised enough on here, I thought he'd an absolute shocker last night, like for pretty much for 90 minutes. Um I thought in general, even in the first half, the passing wasn't crisp enough, it wasn't quick enough. I don't think that I still don't think there was that intensity that was there in certain games last season. Of course, they get to half time at one one. And things are looking looking pretty good, but no, oh, I could I could see the writing on the wall in the second. Okay. I, didn't expect, I didn't expect it to go seven, but 
it was I thought it was worrying even even at half time just to be Rangers were right. past. Because that's funny, I had a, I had a fan who, a pal who was up from Liverpool and he texts me jokingly at half time saying this is like a Caribou Cup game, Liverpool huffing and puffing against a League One side. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, but you, but you, so it's not far for the truth. I, I, like, honestly, as I say, I don't think Rangers. So Liverpool were bad, just Liverpool were bad. Is, and yeah, Liverpool just didn't get going in the first half. Rangers, you no, know, that wee bit of urgency, obviously, at the start, the crowd get behind them. Listen, they score a brilliant Rangers score a brilliant goal. There's no getting away from that. What a finish for Scott Arfield. I mean, the build up was good. You know, he showed a wee bit of aggression and winning the ball. It's a lovely ball for a lovely pass for Ryan Jack, and Arfield takes it brilliantly. That's why you no, know, I would always have Arfield in the team because he's mm-hmm. the only guy that Kenny Miller spoke about this in his Sunday mail column last week that Arfield with the first name in the team sheet because he's the only guy in that Rangers squad that can produce runs like that, produce moments like that, and he did. And as Andy says, he nearly got a he nearly got a second before before half time. Uh, great block for was it Canate or, or the key? Right, yeah. So listen, Rangers they did okay in the first half. I mean, you're doing well just to stay in a game against Liverpool for forty five minutes, but. People get. I just think people get excited at half time. Think, God, this is Rangers are at it here. I don't. I don't really think they were, and I don't think they have been the whole season, which is, which is part of the bigger picture, obviously. Yeah, Andy, is that is is that the yeah? So really, you think to be honest, Scott, that really last night was everything coming to a head, really a bit, a bit of everything, you know, the whole been at it. Yeah, I just don't think they've been at it the whole the whole yeah. season. I mean, they've said it. They've, they've played in spots, Rangers. There's maybe moments where you've thought, right, that's that's a bit more like it. But I just think, and I know it's, you shouldn't keep going back to to those European performances last season. It's gone. The run to Seville's gone. But you just think of those nights at Ibrox, the intensity that they played at, the pace, you know, the quality that they showed. I just don't think they've got anywhere near that. And that goes back to what we spoke about previously on here about no, is the squad stronger or is it actually weaker? How how good or bad has has the recruitment been? When you talk about the manager, no, are these players really playing for him now? I think that has to seriously come into question. Um, and as Andy says, I, I agree with Andy. I think I don't think anything drastic will happen now, but that result could have you no know, serious ramifications further further down the line because. So damaging for the players, for the fans, for the manager. Um, not good at all. Yeah, I mean that's the thing, Andy. Is it? I mean, Liverpool probably still had to get a certain gear. They were huffing and puffing. They weren't brilliant. Yet Rangers probably to keep up with it, even at that level, are putting everything into it. So is that the case that they've put so much just to just to just to live yeah. with them? Then they're knackered, and then Liverpool just up it and pick them off. Scott's right. I mean, Rangers. In the first half, as much as they weren't, you know, crisp and the levels we've seen them reach before, but I think that's probably about as much as they could you could get out of this team at present. Yeah. You know, it's it's a team that it's a squad that's went on certainly a year too long. Uh, last year they emptied the tanks to get to Seville, and I think you know, when you start out again at the, the start of a season, you've got a long campaign ahead here. I think mentally it's, it's hard to get back up to those levels that you were at the second half of last season where there's everything to play for. Um, that's why you needed, I mean, we spoke about recruitment, they needed freshening up. Obviously, the people they brought in 
just haven't been really been up to it so far. Um, and you know, in terms of Liverpool, I mean Liverpool, <laughs> they were going through the motions first half last night. I mean, and you know, as soon as they fell behind, they get a goal. The simplest goal you'll ever see in your life. And I mean, Scott's right. I mean, it's absolutely shocking for James Tavernier to get caught wrong side of uh, Firmino and allow him to score. Um, but you know, it's so easy for them to get back in track, and then just once they they then take the lead in the second half, just so easy for them to motor away. I mean, it was you know, it really was a, a performance and a result that if nothing is going to uh, signify that the golf. That now exists between the best in Scotland and the best in England, and that, that was a performance that showed it. Um, don't get me wrong, I, mean, I think Rangers as a, as a club um, are not at it, as Scott says, but not at it because they've made some pretty poor decisions. The way they've managed the squad has been poor, um, and that exacerbates the issues. But then again, this is a Liverpool team that are already 14 points off. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the the title race down south. I mean, if you think back, <clears throat> years gone by, Rangers have faced teams that have been at the absolute peak of European football at times. You think Juventus, they get done eight goals over two games against Juventus. Yeah. Barcelona, just as they're about to launch their you know, meteoric rise, they get, I think it's 2 0 over two games. Yeah. But you get done 9 1 over two games off a, a Liverpool team that is. Yeah effectively you know going through the motions themselves is, is a bit of a transition phase themselves this year yeah that's the worry i mean the, the, the concern would be what happens if rangers or celtic get put up against a man city now or, or even an arsenal i mean what, what, what would happen to the teams in that sense that's that's the that's the we'll be going away from home in Napoli. Well, that, that, that's that's well, the, well, 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 that's, well, the, that's the, the the daunting for the worrying thing because well, I was going to say, hang on, put, what, ten goals past Ajax over yeah. two games. Well, that, that's what I was going to say. And as much as I mean, I saw some people on social media and different things, and just speaking to people saying, "Oh, I mean, there's no way that you know Giovanni van Bronckhorst. I mean, he just cannot survive a result like that." But I was thinking. I agree more with what you're saying. There's other issues around Van Bronckhorst. There are other factors this season. But if you take that result in isolation, I mean, Ajax lost 6 1 to Napoli the other week, didn't they? Uh, was it the, yeah. last, the last match day? I mean, Brendan Rodgers at Celtic lost 7 1 and 5 0 at home to PSG. And what was it? 7 0 away to Barca and 7 1 away to PSG. I mean, you do see these results in the Champions League. I mean, is that alone really a sackable offence? No, I don't think it is. As you say, there is results like that. I mean, listen, Liverpool have done that to, you know, even to Man United and stuff in the last yeah. couple and, of years when they yeah. Old Trafford. And they were hammered at Napoli themselves. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, no, these, these results can happen, but it's about, it's obviously about how you react, you know, mm -hmm. and, and how you go forward. And that's what, you know, Andy and I are saying, that it won't be just now. I mean, of course, Van Bronckhurst under pressure. Now this puts this puts huge pressure on him, and not just this, but having already, you no, know, had two or four goal defeats in big games this season, which were bad enough. But to then add a seven, and to them, you no, know, you're under real pressure. But I think it's just, it's a result that takes the goodwill away from the supporters. I mean, last year he was the flavour of the month, obviously, because he takes him to Seville, he wins the Scottish Cup. But there's there's goodwill and part of the supporters is now in short supply. 
I mean, I, I don't think just a wee thing, Gav. I, I don't know yeah. what Andy thinks of this, but I don't think he's helping himself at times just with some of the comments. I, mean, I thought his comment last night about about no speaking to the players and just just being silent in the in the dressing room. I don't think that goes down too well. And listen, I know managers of different no different ways, different techniques, and sometimes maybe for players, no the the shock of a of a manager no getting in it full time or being silent, maybe that does have an effect. But I just thought last night would be an occasion where uh, he would need to go in and say, no, have some serious words in the dressing room. No, listen, I'm not saying he's going to tell the the media conference everything that was said in the dressing room post match, but for him to react and just say, I've not said anything to them. No, we know how supporters are, how how they think. That that won't get down well at all. I think you know when it comes to Rangers managers, obviously Walter Smith's like up there and yeah. the, the the number one, and like at a lump, it that's what every other Rangers manager is going to be judged to, and it's the standards that he set as well. And you can be you can be sure that if one of his teams had taken a hiding like that, he'd be going in there and he would be pointing out a few home truths, to, especially to certain people that maybe did chuck it, that maybe they didn't you know play at their maximum or. Or have the concentration levels required, and I think that's what the Rangers fans expect to their managers as well. They expect them, you know, to to you know to be setting the standards at the club that to be demanding things of the players, and if they don't reach that, to make it clear to them. So I agree with Scott from come in and say something like that. Just doesn't strike the right tone. I don't think that I think this is a supporter base that demands that when things don't go wrong. There's a reaction to it, and if the manager's not even can't even bring himself to, you know, chastise the players or you know read the right hair dryer treatment, whatever you want to call it, I I think that's a worrying sign. That I think, as I said, I think supporters are now starting to ask questions of the manager. When that happens, usually things will end up go one way. Yeah, because last season, but we did remember after a few defeats, or I think maybe after the Ross County draw, and maybe after the Celtic defeat at Parkhead, we maybe spoke about that. I remember speaking to players that had worked under him uh, at Feyenoord to talk about his character and thinking there must be more than what you're seeing in front of the camera here because he seems too sort of mild-mannered and all, you know, and, and they did say that there, there was a steely side to him, but I don't know. I don't know whether that is the case. It doesn't come, it certainly doesn't come across, does it? No, I think there's a steely side to him in terms of I think he'll make big decisions. I think he's proved that already at Rangers. <coughs> Excuse me, but a few of the, the decisions that he's made in terms of leaving guys out and mm-hmm. team selection and stuff like that. But whether he's you know, whether he's really got it in him to go in and read the, read the riot act and address him at full time, I'm not sure. And again, I'm no, I wouldn't expect him to come out and chastise the players in public. But as I say, for, for him to say last night, that he hasn't, he hasn't said anything to them after a 7-1 defeat. He's yeah. just let, let them stew and he was going to leave it to this morning. I mean, I don't know. Listen, other people might disagree. Other managers might think, no, that is the best way to, to deal with it. But certainly for me, I think almost even if I was a player, I would almost want the manager to come in and yeah. be emotional and you know, say what he's got to say just to just to clear the air and get everything out in the, in the open for it to be no, for it to stew overnight, um, and then go in and you're no no doubt they'll have it in this morning, tried to pick the bones out, did the analysis and stuff like that. But 
I think in the heat of the moment after a 7-1 defeat, no, you would expect emotions to be running high. And as Andy says, Rangers fans, they expect their managers to, above everything else, to lead, no, to lead the club, to lead the team. For them to come out and say, nah, he just, he just left them last night, did they speak to them? As Andy said, I just don't think it strikes the right, the right tone at all. And, and go back to what I initially said, I don't think it's, I don't think that kind of stuff will do him any favours long term. Put you on the spot. Do you think at the end of the season he'll be, still be the Rangers manager? Come me. Not if uh, results carry on as they are, and performances more, more importantly, I think. Not if performances carry on like this. Um, I just get the sense that. You know, we said that there was a bit of staleness uh, creeping into the squad last season. Well, I think it's a strong with it now, even with the new signings. Um, there's going to have to be a huge overhaul in the summer. Uh, the number of guys that are out of contract, there's not going to be money to spend. Um, I don't think either the recruitment that's been done, either whether it's Ross Wilson or it's Gio Van Bronckhorst that are sanctioning it, has not been good enough. Would you trust either them to perhaps go and do a, a, a total overhaul of the squad. I, I think that there's a lot of fans would have reservations about that as things stand. Yeah. I think he's going to need to <laughs> sounds ridiculous put this kind of pressure but me but come the World Cup he's going to need to be you no know, neck neck with Celtic in the league. He's going to, need to progress in the League Cup obviously. And after that no, he's going to need to win the next Old Firm game at Ibrooks for a start. And probably, if you're talking come the end of the season, no, he's going to win the title. Isn't he? He's going to win the title at least, probably even no, the title and a, and a trophy for fans to say, right, no, let's carry on. Let's carry on with this, this guy. And that's, listen, people might think that's unrealistic or huge pressure, but that's the way it is at Rangers, especially when well, you've started a season with three heavy, heavy defeats in, in big games. You know, one of them, you know, one of them, you know, firm rivals, the other one, that kind of battle of Britain European game. So really damaging defeats. And I mean, we, we kind of half joking about it, but I mean, Napoli away is a, is a scary thought. Now, you no, know, after losing seven last night, I watched the highlights of their game. I mean, they are... They look sensational just now, and they don't look like a team that's going to take the foot off the gas just because they've qualified or, or whatever for the next stage. So Rangers going there, potentially without Connor Goldson, who, let's be honest, is the, the main leader in that in that team. That is a worrying a worrying thought at the moment for, uh, for Van Bronckhurst and, and these Rangers supporters. I mean, we did a bit last week, and uh, on the... Uh... The worst ever Champions League performances. I mean, it was like zero goals, and I think Dynamo Dynamo Zagreb were the worst. Was it goal difference of minus nineteen or something like that? What 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 do you think of the chances now with these two games to go of, of Rangers being that team? Well, I mean, Scott says. I mean, there's the prospect of going to Naples uh, and facing a team that's as I say put ten past. Uh, Ajax over two games put four past Liverpool over 90 minutes um, <laughs> it doesn't make for uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't make for good reading for um, the punters I suppose I'm not going to be with that thing you're not, you're not even getting to have a supporter base over there to, to sort of cling on to and try and take some 
some moral support with you. Um, I it's it's scary. I think Scott's absolutely bang on. Um, th this could get a lot worse. Um, and that's when you start looking at the record books and 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 seeing how and comparing it against worst others. I mean, okay, they got a goal last night. That's that was one thing that they can they can um, cling to. But um, no, this is uh, the funny thing is though. They could go there, get another pace, and they could, they could still end up be still in a fight for, for a Europa League spot. I mean, that, that, the remarkable thing is that this isn't over yet. Yeah. Um, but right now, that, that seems a distant prospect. But yeah, they, they need to hammer Ajax, wouldn't they? Uh, yeah, I think they need to overturn the four-goal four yeah. uh, result. So, uh, no, uh, it's a... Yeah. Do you think <laughs> when you look at those players, Scott, when you watch Rangers playing not just last night, just generally, I mean, do you do you have you got concerns that there's players there that aren't playing for them when you see the performances? Uh yeah, I think so. Um I definitely think there's a malaise set in uh, and it's been there, as I say, for the start of the season, things just haven't been right. Um there are issues, you know, Alfredo Morelos, Ryan Kent, two prime examples, contracts running down. We don't know what's going through their heads, don't know what their intentions are in terms of their futures. That's an issue. You've got Glenn Kamara, who you know, we've been raving about for the last few years, how good a signing he's been talking about him as being one of Rangers' biggest assets. Well, potentially the next one to move to the Premier League or whatever for big money. He's barely been seen this season. Uh, the you know, the noises coming out of the club are that he's no he's no happy at no being a no a first pick. So what happens with him long term? No, are they going to get big money for him? Can they can they get rid of him? Don't think he's happy one way or another. Um with the goalkeeping situation at the start of the season, which which wasn't ideal. I think I said on here as much as Alan McGregor's 100% the right choice to be number one. I think they had to sign a goalkeeper in the summer, so that's another problem. <clears throat> so I think there are just loads of issues there. And certainly, well, we've touched on it, you don't, you don't capitulate like you did last night. <clears throat> I don't think if everybody's on the same page and everybody's fighting for their teammates and fighting for the manager, um, I don't think you lose seven at home to anybody because you've got that bit of that bit of resilience, that bit of pride, that bit of steel about you. Um, so I think there are, I, I think there are serious, serious issues in there. And if, no, if they might get away with another heavy defeat to Napoli because people will have just written off the the European campaign now, right, rightly or wrongly. But if there are any more slip ups domestically in the Premiership, then. That's when it's going to. That's when it could turn ugly in terms of the the manager yeah. future and, and certain players. I mean, if you were to flip it, Andy, and put a positive spin on it, I mean, obviously Celtic get the ninety six minute winner or whatever the weekend against St. Johnson. I mean, they're they're not playing as well as they were early in the season. Rangers, you know, could have been top of the league. They're only as it stands, they're only two points behind. They they could be in the Premier Sports Cup semi final by this time. Uh, next week, so you know they go to Motherwell and win. They beat Dundee at home, and suddenly things look a bit different. Yeah, I mean, of course, but even now that that seems um, 
Not unlikely, but you know, it, it's going to take an awful lot for Rangers to go over the sheer scale, the sheer, sheer savagery of mm-hmm. this result. Um, right. And that's what I'm saying earlier on. I mean, this this could be a result. It, it didn't look like the last couple of weeks Rangers were just about getting a wee bit of domestic momentum going, you know, 2-4-0 uh, results back-to-back, especially going to Tynecastle and um, getting a result there, beating a Sitmer team that were third at the time, you know. It, it was all it was starting to look like, okay, they're starting to get something going. But does this now put them back to square one? Does this wipe away any confidence? And then obviously you've got what's what's going to be the the cost of this result? How long is Goldson going to be out for? I mean, he's such an, a key figure. You know, are you going to have to go back to putting in James Sands at centre back? Are you going to go with Leon King? Um, do you even go John Lundstrom in there? What about Ryan Jack? He obviously comes off last night as well. Um, it's it's a it's a result that. The worry for Gio Van Broncos will be that it sets them back and it, and it, it starts to bleed into their, their domestic campaign. That'll be the worry. Of course, they're going to get a couple of handsome wins over the next week and forget about Europe for a couple of weeks and, OK, everything's starts to look rosy again. But right now, even that seems hard to, to believe. I, I think this is going to be a result that's going to take a long while to get out of the system and, and that'll be the concern. Yeah. I think I think Rolson's gonna be a massive miss, Gav. I know that seems an obvious thing to say, you know, as vice captain, a guy that's been there and done it in the last four or five years. But even domestically, I think people are about to find out just how valuable Connor Golton is to, to Rangers because even going to places like Fur Park where you think you well, can get by with without him, no, he is the biggest leader in that dressing room. I think he's the biggest communicator. Stephen Gerrard always spoke about the reason no, the reason why Connor Golson didn't get left out even for League Cup games and stuff was because he was the most vocal uh, vocal player he had on the pitch. So he had to play every game. And people have criticized him you no know, at certain times in the last few years and as I say you can think what you like about him as a player but no, he's a guy who sets standards, pulls people about uh, who are around him. Um, I just think he's so vital to that to that team. And no, it's listen, he'll be a loss in Europe, obviously, for the last two Champions League games. If he's going to be out for that length of time, but even domestically, as I see, even going to places like Firth Park or or St Martin or whatever, I think a guy like that is, is so crucial. So it's going to be really interesting um, to see what the what the damage is and how long he's going to be out for. And the, thing as well, the thing as well, sorry, to sorry. Consider is that in terms of Goldson, he's, he's, I think that was his 240th appearance last night. He's played the 90 minutes in 238 of them. Yeah, This is a guy that who Rangers is just omnipresent. He's there all the time. The Rangers aren't used to him not being there. And so even that's going to be something that they're going to have to adapt to. Who's going to take over that leadership command? Who's going to who's going to be the voice? They've just had him to rely upon. Now somebody else is going to have to step up. Have they got that kind of character in the team? Yeah. I'm not sure they do. I mean that's that's the, the other thing they're going to have. It's not just losing it's not just having a guy out injured. It's a guy that they they have had there all the time for the last four years. Yeah. Um, it's it's a real big question, a real big concern for for, for, for uh, this Rangers team. 
but maybe one of the other positives, I know there's not many, I think, I guess the only second one mentioned is, uh, but Ben Davies was, looks okay, doesn't he? Yeah, um, yeah, I thought, I thought he looked good. Um, uh, more minutes he can get, the better. Yeah. Um, it's just a shame because, as you say, him and Goldson yeah. looked like a decent, steady pairing. And just as they were just seem to get a bit of a relationship going, obviously they'd only played a handful of games together. It's now you know, it's been split up, obviously, but we don't know how long Conor Goldson's going to be out for. The, the, the hope will be for Van Bronckhorst that it's not long. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a big time. I, mean, I, I, I assume, given the fact that they threw King on, uh, last night, the fact they started him at Anfield, that he's now uh, next in line to come in. Um, yeah. But it's going to be a big ask for a guy, eight, what is he, 19, 18, 19, uh, 18? And, and, you know, Ben Davies, who hasn't really played much football the last 18 months, you know, he never played uh, at Liverpool, he went alone for a spell, didn't he? And then he's, he's not played much since he came up here, so... That's going to be another chance. Try to get the, those two guys to, you know, get their sharpness, get up to speed, form a partnership, and do it before Sunday because going to Far Park is, is is never an easy job for a Rangers team. No. What about Ryan Kent specifically? I know you mentioned him and Morelos in the same bracket earlier, Scott. But what about him specifically? Benched last week. Do, do you think his head is just elsewhere? Certainly. Certainly looks that way, Gav, from outside. I mean, we don't really, don't know for certain, but, um, yeah, his future's obviously up there. His forum's been poor this season in, in general. I think everybody accepts that. It's difficult to leave him out because <clears throat> I don't think the options are good enough uh, for Van Bronckhurst in the, in the wide area, if I'm honest. You would always look at Ryan Kent, no matter how you know, off it he might be or how poor his form is there's just there's a there's a kind of you've always got faith in him that he might produce something because he is so so talented um see his goal at Tynecastle the other week even his assist for for Cholak I mean that's only a fortnight ago and he's come up with a couple of a couple of big moments in a in a big game so it's it's hard to leave him out because I say I just I don't think the backups are uh, are up to the standard and that's again that goes back to the bigger issue of of recruitment and how strong the the squad is. But in terms of him specifically, of course, he doesn't look himself. No, the numbers again haven't really been good enough in terms of goals. Um, and you do wonder, as you say, you do wonder whether his head is is a bit in the clouds just now in terms of. A, what's happening at Rangers currently, and B, where he's going to be playing his football next season. I mean, in a couple of months, he'll be able to start talking to other clubs um, about potential free transfers elsewhere. And I don't think, I don't think there's been many examples of you no know, players who have been in that position and they play at the peak of their powers during that during that period. I think it always has a, it always has an effect, always has an impact. You look at Morelos as well, it's, it's the exact same. Slightly different, Morelos was obviously injured at the start of the season, but even when Morelos has came on in games, he's not having that impact, he's not showing that kind of uh, that kind of quality that he's shown before. So the, 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 that's, they're two massive problems for, for Rangers at the minute. And we, we don't know how it's going to be resolved because we don't, no, we've not really heard from Ross Wilson. The club hasn't said anything on it. It's it's difficult to gauge. You no, know, where the clubs at, where the players are at. So 
while there's that air of uncertainty, it's always going to be a problem. That's the thing, Andy, just finally to wrap it up, but um, just when Scott touched on that there, we haven't really kind of heard from anyone. I mean, at last year's AGM, it was very much plain sailing. Uh, was, was it November or maybe early December? I think November. Anyway, Van Bronckhurst was not long in. I think they would have been top of the league at that time. And I think, I don't think Van Bronckhurst even uttered a word at that press uh, that uh, shareholders meeting, but it's going to be a year on. It's going to be very, very different. I mean, Ross Wilson has been praised. Everybody was, James Bisgrove has been praised. And when you think of all the things that have happened in the year since that last AGM, I mean, almost everybody who got an easy ride is going to be in for a real tricky one, even the likes of James Bisgrove, because they're going to have to answer questions about the Sydney Super Cup trip. You're going to have the manager facing questions. You're going to have Ross Wilson facing questions. And the board, the entire board. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be stormy. Um, it's not been a great 12 months for Rangers um, off the pitch. Uh, on the pitch, there's been highs and lows, but the, the concern is that the club is going backwards at a time when it should be going forward. I mean, uh, the, the stuff about, you know, John Bennett was, was made pointing out that the income from the Champions League isn't... Uh, what has been previously reported, but that stuff just doesn't wash because end of the day, the Champions League money came in at a time when Rangers had already spent their budget. The Champions League clash was by no means guaranteed. Um, when they spent, uh, when they, they brought in the seven players in the summer, so it's effectively, you know, for, they'll tell. I'm sure they'll tell me if I'm wrong, but to me, it looks like it's bonus cash. It's cash that, that was always going to be above and beyond what they budgeted for, and so not spend it, not to reinvest it in the team, which is what the Rangers fans is a primary concern. Uh, and then leave the team looking as you know, you know, undercooked as it is right now for the challenges both at home and abroad. That is just isn't he, that's just not going to wash with the punters, and so I, I think you can expect uh, at this AGM um, next month or whenever it comes that uh, there's going to be some real tough question at it, and it's going to be up to the, the directors to to come up with more convincing responses that they've provided so far. As you say that that interview that John Bennett and a couple of ones that Stuart Robertson gave um, last month uh, just seemed to raise more questions and. Than, uh, than certainly the ones that had been sort of put to them. So um, I, th I think uh, it's you know it's going to be a difficult afternoon uh, for the for the board. And if they don't come up with um, the right answers, then the sports will, will make their, their, their feelings known. Great. Right. Okay, guys. We'll see how Rangers react this week when they go to Fourth Park on Sunday. Then, as I say, followed by the Premier Sports Cup quarter final, Ibrox against the. Uh, Dundee um, and we'll be back next week presumably to talk over all the issues thank you cheers Gav cheers, cheers. cheers.